Coming up on the WAC podcast, we will talk with Jamie Boggs, the interim vice president of athletics at Grand Canyon University. They have some brand new basketball coaches, and they are excited to get back out on the court. And get fans back in the stands. We're also yes. talking with former Air Force soccer player Tucker Bone, who's now currently playing in the USL, about his time with Reno 1868 FC, plus how his future plans involve flying planes. Yeah, Tucker flying high uh, on the soccer pitch and in the air, as it turns out. That's all ahead on the WAC Podcast. Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. Welcome everybody into the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner alongside me. I'm Rachel Vigil. We're in the WAC Digital Network studios today. Eric, how was your weekend? You know, it was a uh, decent weekend. We'll get into it a a little later in the segment uh, in terms of Nuggets. (laughs) You know, it was a tough loss for them. But... uh, Otherwise, a, a very good weekend, and uh, it seems like every week that goes by, Rachel, we're getting closer and closer to potentially having WAC sports back. So close. Start date for college basketball, November 25th right now, announced by the NCAA. These The months are flying by. It was a little slow <laughs> here at the beginning of COVID, but now it just seems like the months are flying by. Yeah, November 25th, which is Thanksgiving week, and that is the date the NCAA is allowing teams to start competition so it's about two weeks after when the season would normally start so not not too big of a a change there uh andy katz who uh the great reporter works for the ncaa now had a chance to talk with dan gavitt the ncaa senior vice president about this and here's some of their conversation the decision dan was november 25th why did the council come up with that date Landy, November 25th, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, is a date at which three-quarters of all Division I schools will have finished their fall semester, including exams, or at least uh, released the general student body uh, to finish the semester with virtual instruction and online exams. So our our medical uh, advisory group believes that that provides the most optimal time period to start the season successfully when the campuses are far less populated and it's much more controlled environment. Um, so it's a two-week delay on what would have been the start of the season on November 10th. We think it, it provides the best and most optimal opportunity to start the season successfully. So November 25th, Rachel, again, is the target date. And, you know, probably a lot has to happen still between now and then. And, you know, uh, see how COVID cases are doing around the country. You are seeing some spikes here and there. And, you know, we have to take a look. Obviously, the WAC covers a large portion of the United States and how uh, things might be in one state might be different in another. Absolutely. See how flu season affects COVID, too. We're obviously not sure about what that could possibly look like, but safety is the number one priority for all these student athletes. And the other part of this would be when does WAC conference play begin? And that's uh, one of those things I, I think that's being talked about possibly even as we speak uh there is a schedule that's put together but you know some contingency plans maybe trying to shorten travel some things like that so those those things are all in the works and have been in the works for the past six months as uh our our crew here in the office has been working very hard in that uh, very diligent process there 
It'll be interesting to see how it looks going forward for this season, and maybe if anything from this season will stick forward for years to come. Where I feel like we're seeing a lot of those things now where we're like, well, maybe this could actually work in the, the year, uh, upcoming years. Yeah, the other big thing coming out of that NCAA meeting last week is the uh, Division One Council approving fall sports championships in the spring. Now, there's a, a lot of differences. It's not going to be the typical fall sports schedule. There's going to be fewer teams in the NCAA tournament, uh, fewer games that would be required, but there, there is a movement uh, to have some of those fall sports played in the spring. And that's one of those things that we will not see probably moving forward once COVID takes a simmer and maybe takes its way out of here in the world of 2020 <laughs> but and hopefully 2021, but we're moving on. Fall sports officially <laughs> happening in spring. We'll see what happens here in the WAC. I feel like it's up to different conferences of what that will look like. Yeah, and also determining how those AQs are going to work too because with a, a smaller field, uh, will the WAC uh, still get uh, their AQs in those sports? How is that going to look? Like you said, I mean, there might be some conferences that continue to opt out. So after a uh, thorough review, the recommendations made by Division One Competition Oversight Committee men's and women's cross country, men's soccer, women's soccer, women's volleyball to be moved to the spring. And uh, in team sports, the brackets would be filled at 75% of their capacity. So like men's soccer, which is uh, typically a uh, 48-team uh, bracket, would be 36 with 24 AQs. Women's soccer usually has 64. That would be down to 48, uh, likewise with volleyball. So... Yeah, there's, there's a lot to be uh, determined here, Rachel, but again, moving forward. So I, I suppose that's a good sign. That is a good sign. Another good sign is that NCAA D1 student athletes are now getting election day off. We talked with Cass Harston from New Mexico State, the SAC president, about this and how this was something that they were also working on getting passed. Yeah, this is very exciting news. I know Kat, uh, on, on the SAC, the president of our SAC, uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee, this was a big thing they wanted to get past this year. And it was interesting talking with her last week about some of the challenges as a student athlete and what they have with voting. A lot of them live out of state. A lot of them have practice and school and, and all those, and maybe don't have, you know, the time to go to a voting booth and, and stand in line. But now NCAA saying, that's a day off. That's basically, you know, if you will, a holiday. No games, no practices on those days. I'm going to call myself out here, but I was in a different county even for, I wasn't even in a different state, just a different county for right. voting in college, and I still didn't vote the first. Uh, I voted my presidential election, but not the other ones because I didn't want to have to change all the, like, voter registration. Yeah, I was just yeah. being lazy, and you know, that we should all vote and accept the right that we have to vote. And especially this year, it seems there's a bigger push, you know, to make sure everybody's registered to vote. Um, and as we have the whack vo hashtag whack voting, mm -hmm. and you can go uh, to our website or any of our social media, check that out. And there's links to uh, make sure you're registered to vote. Our social media manager, Randy Ward, doing a great job of pushing that too, to get people to vote, to remind people to sign up to vote. Now, this past week, uh, you had a chance to talk to Tucker Bone. We're going to hear that interview in segment three. The former WAC Player of the Year in men's soccer played at Air Force, which is a an affiliate member in soccer for us. And Tucker, a very interesting guy. A lot of these Air Force Academy grads, uh, obviously, they go to the Air Force Academy to be a an officer in the military, not necessarily play sports. He, he was great at both. G give us an update on what Tucker's up to. 
Tucker is doing well. Tucker's a great player, but he's also a great person. Probably an even better person than he is. And you can always just tell that with the way he uh, presents himself and, you know, that military background that he has. And he knows soccer is not his long-term goal. So it was interesting to hear how he's kind of living in this bubble right now of being able to play soccer, being able to live out that dream. But he knows that down the line, he's probably going to become a pilot, which is really interesting. The conversation's great. I can't wait for everybody to hear it. Yeah, Tucker was originally a first-round pick by the Seattle Sounders. Uh, he's playing for Reno 1868, I think is the name 1868 of the team. 1868 FC. In, in, in the uh, United Soccer League, and he, uh, I believe, plays with uh, Sergio Rivas, former Seattle U player. And uh, there's a lot of former WAC players playing in the USL. And I, I think uh, that uh, Tucker's been having a pretty good season, has a, a few goals under his belt. And so he is very good at both. But, yeah, his, his career – is in uh, flying planes yes it is and it's it's so unique to get his like insight and his father was a pilot also so to kind of like move on with the the family tradition there uh we wish him all the best though tucker uh, absolute fabulous interview now it's hard to believe the nba playoffs (laughs) i mean we're in the western and eastern conference finals but major league baseball The the regular season ends this week. I I can't believe it. I, it makes sense. It's the end of September, yeah. right? Like it's supposed to be. If the Rockies were going to make it. It would be Rocktober here <laughs> in Colorado. Uh, I I can't believe that it's already time for baseball playoffs. Because it seems like the season just started, which it did. I mean, only a sixty game schedule this mm-hmm. year, but yeah, it is uh, definitely a, a twenty twenty. Um, talking about the NBA playoffs, uh, did did my. <laughs> Uh, whack in the day on, on players in the bubble and uh, two remain and that's Paul Millsap of the Nuggets and JaVale McGee who played in the whack uh, for Nevada uh, was the uh, block shot champion uh, for one year uh, in the whack playing for the Lakers and uh, game two Sunday night uh, of course we're here in Denver heartbreaker for the Nuggets but uh, boy what a game and what a shot by Anthony Davis what a shot by Anthony Davis my heart it's like you see the shot being taken and you're like okay it's a split second and your heart just drops when you see it if you're a Nuggets fan if you're a Laker fan you are <laughs> jumping out of your seat in excitement honestly such a fantastic game for both teams obviously for the Lakers being able to get the win and have the shot but for the Nuggets also to bounce back after being I think they were down seven points and, and they've done this so many times during the playoffs and it looked like they were done yeah you I can mean, never count them out in game one the the lakers really took it to them and and just i mean the nuggets got into foul trouble whether or not all those fouls were deserved i guess is another story <laughs> but uh with joker and uh, jamal murray getting in three fouls in the first half and they they never really seemed in it whereas game two it was just a fantastic basketball game to watch fantastic it makes me happy because <laughs> when they got blown out that game one it was we knew it was going to be a little bit of a rough series, but the Nuggets are here to fight. So if you're in Denver and you're <laughs> listening to this, go Nuggets. Now, uh, baseball, as we mentioned, September 29th, their playoffs will begin. We've talked a little bit about Reese Hoskins the past few weeks. Former Sacramento State star was WAC Player of the Year as well. He is now 27 years old, was having a, a pretty good season for the Phillies, uh, hitting a 245 with 10 home runs. Uh, unfortunately for Reese, though, he got injured uh, during a collision at first base on Saturday. Looks like, I mean, there's only a week left in the season, but uh, he's probably done for the year. Manager Joe Girardi. Thank you. I'm yeah. like, that one's a tough one with all <laughs> the R's and the I's there. Uh, he did say we're not ready to say that he's out for the year, but I would take a, a guess. Yeah, and, and it looks like the out. Phillies won't be in the playoffs uh, this year either. Uh, neither are the Rockies, by the way. So uh, 
Nothing, nothing terribly new there. Uh, Tarek Skubal, who made his major league debut this year, former pitcher from Seattle U, left-hander. He uh, had a very good outing this past week with eight strikeouts and six innings of work against the Kansas City Royals. Unfortunately for the uh, Tigers, they did not win the game, but it was not because of uh, Tarek's uh, effort on the mound there. But uh, six starts, so he's, he's getting some reps and uh, looks looks to be showing that he could be a big league pitcher for some time to come. Looks like he can. That's not the only battle he's been dealing with. Oh, my with. gosh. He had COVID earlier this year, battled COVID. He said it was scary. Scary is the word he used and just how he had to bounce back and no underlying side effects right now from it that he knows about, but he's just trying to be careful and uh, protect himself while he's still traveling. Yeah, he he mentioned he had a a fever of 103.7. So, you know, you always think it, it seems to affect people differently, I'm sure. You know, we, we've had friends that have, have had it. I mean, knock on wood, luckily, we have not had it. Um, unfortunately, there's a couple people we know, uh, older people that have passed away from it. But the, the thinking has been, well, if you're young, you're healthy, it doesn't affect you as much. But Tarek Skubel, Major League Baseball player, I mean, this this knocked him down pretty good. This did knock him down, and he did come back and say there's a lot of bigger problems with this thing, the virus going on and everything else. So, you know, I'll take what I get, and I'm playing baseball right now, and that's pretty much it. Being safe, to, being safe, trying to keep everyone else safe as well. So uh, congratulations to Tarek on a very good season for him getting that opportunity. Daniel Johnson was also another former WAC player that got an opportunity. Looks like Nick Gonzalez is not going to get the opportunity again with only a week to go. I think the Pirates have the worst record in the major <laughs> leagues this year. Um, so you think, well, maybe they want to get some younger guys a chance, but uh, obviously there, there were some guys ahead of him when he got drafted uh, number seven overall in the draft this year. So looks like he won't get that chance, but look for him before too long. I think Nick Gonzalez will be making an impact there. Well, we'll be seeing his name plenty over the next coming years. I'm I'm sure of it. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk to Jamie Boggs, the interim vice president of athletics at Grand Canyon University. Talk about all these uh, things going on and how things are going at GCU. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our sponsors of the WAC Podcast, Hercules Tires and Adidas. Now, back to Eric and Rachel. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast, Eric Danner and Rachel Hill. We are now joined by Jamie Boggs, the Interim Vice President of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. Jamie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for being on, Jamie. We ask this every time we have somebody on because it's so different all around the WAC from, you know, our footprint going from Chicago to Seattle to, to Phoenix. How are things in Grand Canyon uh, as school started up? Is it relatively normal? What kind of safety precautions are in place? Kind of give us a synopsis of how things are at GCU right now. Yeah, things are going great at GCU. We actually have our student move-in uh, going on this week. Uh, we Our schedule is a little bit different than others. We started online um, in September, um, and now we're, we're going to in-person. Um, so things are up and running. Our student athletes started trickling back in over the last few weeks. Um, we kind of had them come back in a staggered schedule just for the safety of everyone involved and to not put too much strain on our health center and our, on our trainers. Um, but they're back and running. Our, our staff is back in a rotating schedule um, just to make sure we have you know, all the safety precautions placed, physical distancing, spread apart desks, and uh, masks, of course. But yeah, we are up and running and ready to go and moving forward like we're not in a pandemic. <laughs> so. What are some of the safety protocols the student athletes are having to go through? 
Uh, when they came back to campus, everyone had to be quarantined and tested, and, and we're very fortunate to have a very involved team doctor uh, in uh, Dr. Kareem Sharway. He's been fantastic. So they come to campus, they quarantine, and everyone's tested, and we've been testing every 10 days. Um, so just to make sure we catch anything, uh, but the student athletes have been great. They've been great about wearing their masks and following all protocols. Uh, we recently had a, a, a meeting with all of our student athletes just to ask questions to make sure that they really understood um, what's being required. So a lot of protocols, it's confusing, it's new for everyone. Communication has been critical, um, but, uh, but we're up and running with all these protocols in place. And so far we've been successful, um, haven't had a, a really anything positives um, in this last uh, testing go around and it's been really minimal. So we're, we're in a good position. We're talking with Jamie Boggs, Interim Vice President of Athletics at Grand Canyon University. Jamie, we haven't had any competition since March, but uh, you've had a very busy uh, time in between March and now. You hired several new coaches. Uh, let's start with men's basketball. Bryce Drew, uh, a name uh, college basketball fans might be familiar with, both as a player and as a coach. What is it about Coach Drew that you thought would be a good fit for GCU? Uh, we couldn't be any more excited about Coach Drew. Um, uh, he has great experience. He is a true CEO of his program. He's a relentless recruiter, a relationship builder, great with the community, great with the, with the Havocs. Um, and he just embodies uh, our Christian mission and understands our Christian foundation. And that was, that's a critical piece to us. It's, it's, it's a fabric of who we are as an institution and he truly embodies that. Um, he's well connected and has brought in an unbelievable staff uh, of coaches who are highly experienced. We have coaches from Illinois, from Vanderbilt, from Indiana, and they've been unbelievable. They know how to win and they know how to win the right way. And that was also very important to us as an institution. So um, he is everything we thought he would be, and I would say even more, and we couldn't be any more excited for the future of the men's basketball program. You mentioned him being good with the Havocs. I'm sure during the social distancing time, it's a little different. Why do you say that statement? Uh, he's, he's always willing to reach out, and it's, it's so genuine. It's so authentic. He really wants to know our, our, our students, and he appreciates what, the, what they do, and that is one thing that has really stood out in the last uh, several months that I've worked with Coach Drew is how thankful he is, how much gratitude he shows. Uh, he really is just a strong leader. Um, and so his, his willingness to not just reach out, to, but really get to know our Havocs, um, I'm not surprised, but it's just such a great, great thing. And um, I would say in addition to all the other things that he brings to the program. And you not only hired a, a new men's basketball coach, you also hired a new women's basketball coach, Molly Miller. My previous job was in Division II, so I was kind of familiar with her, her track record at Drury University, one of the great D2 coaches in the country, very young coach in terms of uh, compared to other head coaches. What, what did you like about Coach Miller? Um, I could go on and on about Coach Miller. She is an absolute superstar. Um, as you mentioned, um, she is actually the most winningest coach from a percentage standpoint at any level, Division One, to Two, or Three, men or women. So that just tells you how impressive she is. Her basketball knowledge is off the charts, um, and she's a strong leader. And she's what she's going to bring is a really exciting brand of basketball to to GCU. Um, that I think the fans will really love. Very high energy, very fast paced. Um, and heavy, heavy on defense. And so um, it's going to be a really exciting thing. She's already built a great culture within our program. Um, 
She's very involved also with our Havocs. Um, they really like her. People around campus seem to really like her. And I think um, in the community too, she's really been taking the initiative of being involved in a community. She was um, in a Drury for such a long time and really hadn't left the state. Um, so the first thing that she did when she got here was to reach out to the community. And that's such a big part of who we are as GCU. So she's gonna do really great things. I and mean, I'm really excited about Molly and what she'll do with our, our basketball program. November 25th is looking like the start date for basketball. What kind of schedule changes will we see with GCU now with COVID? Oh, yes. Uh, we had some really great non-conference games scheduled before that November 25th start date, um, including um, a home game on our men's side against San Diego State that we were all looking forward to. But everyone's scrambling right now to uh, preserve their non-conference schedules as much as possible. Um, and we're doing the same. Um, but we have to be much more strategic. As you guys know, we also have four fewer games uh, than we anticipated. So the key right now is to be really strategic uh, to figure out the best, the best schedule. But Molly and Bryce have really good handles on the schedule, really experienced and really connected. So I, I have cops that they're going to bring in and, and put together a schedule that our, our fans and our community will really love. Well, in terms of basketball, uh, Rachel and I both got really excited when we saw your new ad campaign with the uh, – 22k or 2k20 uh the video game uh, uh ad campaign there how, how did that come to be that that's pretty fancy yeah it's amazing i don't know much about nba 2k i was more of a super mario brothers kind of person <laughs> <laughs> but um that was an unbelievable a video that they put together and just like everything else at gcu it was a collaboration between our uh, sports information team led by josh hauser uh, with uh, our creative video director um, al porteous and also a very talented graphic designer who is actually a student at GCU um, and coincidentally was named after head coach Bryce Drew. So his name is Bryce Wheeler. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. Uh, but that was a very labor intensive project. We were unbelievably uh, pleased with the, um, with the results. And so far, my understanding is that, that video has actually been the highest viewed video at GCU across all social media, including wow. 30,000 organic views, which is huge. So I'm very impressed with what that team put together. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a really neat project. Well-deserved. If fans haven't been able to see it, they absolutely should. And things are changing every single day by the hour pretty much. We talked about the Havocs a little bit. When can we expect to see them possibly in the stands for basketball? Yes, we want more than anything to have uh, what I consider the best student section in the country uh, back uh, in the stands. They are absolutely such a big component of our home court advantage. They are our home court advantage, actually. Um, and they're so important to not just our G uh, basketball program, but to all of our athletic programs. So we, of course, want them back more than anyone. Um, that being said, um, health and safety are a priority. Um, I call this year, the 2020, I think our, our, the word of the year is fluid. And so even when it comes to the attendance and having them back in, in the stands, the decisions are gonna be fluid. Um, we are monitoring data, we're observing, we're evaluating, we're working with um, our, our, campus, uh, our campus health center and with our campus emergency prepper preparedness manager and with the team doctor. And, and we will hope to come with a, a final decision sooner than later. Um, but again, it's, it's just a matter of being fluid and flexible right now. We really do hope to get them back though. We're talking with Jamie Boggs and Jamie, uh, before you were at GCU, uh, a few stops before you were at Duke and you worked uh, directly with Coach K and Coach K and many of the ACC uh, men's basketball coaches came out with a, an idea 
to have a 346-team NCAA tournament doesn't seem to be getting that much traction, but a pretty interesting idea that we have talked about here on the show. Uh, are you uh, at all surprised that this idea came forward from, from Coach K, and what are your thoughts on it? Well, um, I, I don't think uh, we're, we're in unprecedented times right now. And I don't think any of us would have thought that we would be going through a global pandemic. And so in these challenging times, um, in my experience, I think uh, the strongest leaders always rise to the top. And so I'm not surprised uh, that someone as great of a leader as uh, Coach K would come up, would be a part of a group that would come up with some very innovative and creative potential solutions uh, to address what we're going through right now. Um, we are very fortunate to be in an industry with a lot of really talented and, and creative people. And so we are doing what we can to figure out the best way to make sure we preserve a great student athlete experience for, for our teams. And I think that's what everyone's trying to do. Um, we need to do it, everything's out on the table, whatever we can to ensure the best possible experience for our kids, um, even during a global pandemic. You mentioned the leadership qualities of Coach K. What were some of those qualities that maybe you brought with you from Grand, or to Grand Canyon? Uh, the two things that I really would pull from him are um, one, um, his servant leadership. Um, if you, when I ask him about um, running his program, I've, I've asked him questions in the past and one, maybe a year ago or so. Um, and what you noticed, it was always about his players. What can I do as a leader to um, adapt to my players? Um, I get older, but they don't. They remain 18 to 21, but I get older. Uh, so his servant leadership was one that really stood out. Um, the second thing is his patience. Um, and just, uh, I remember when I first started out at, at Duke, I was a new uh, compliance director, um, young, of course, thought I was smart and knew everything and knew how to run a compliance program. And uh, I made mistakes when I was there. And I remember one particular time when he pulled me aside and really just took the time to uh, explain to me the bigger picture of what I did and how it impacted um, Duke. And that's, that's an impressive thing. That's something you don't have to do. But he did that. Um, and, you know, he was still obviously an unbelievable head coach. Taking that five minutes to pull me aside, this brand new 25-year-old, you know, um, staff member. But he did that. And that's always left an impression on me. And I try to do that, um, you know, in my leadership. Uh, but he has just been... Um, I just really am impressed by him. I was when I was there, but now that I am more in a leadership role and as I continue to grow in my career, the more I look back and appreciate everything that Coach K was. Jamie, you first went to GCU five years ago. You were the deputy AD, and then about a year ago, uh, took over this role as interim vice president for athletics. How, how has your role changed at GCU during that time? You know, I was really uh, fortunate to work for our previous athletic director, Mike Vaught, who was really intentional about developing me professionally and wanted me to be involved and hands-on as much as possible. Uh, so when there was a transition, it went really smoothly because, because of um, how he was and how much he invested in me, which I really appreciated. Um, I think that a lot of the change has been being much more involved in community, uh, I'm sorry, in GCU uh, meetings, leadership meetings. And uh, hearing the vision and the strategy and the goals of the university as a whole. And that has been really helpful because it has allowed me uh, to figure out what we need to do as an athletics department to align our culture and our strategy and vision with that of the universities. And so I brought a lot of that back to our apartment. That's been a lot of our initiative for the past year, for the past year. And it's been great, really thankful to be here and to, to be in this role to serve our student athletes, our department and our university. 
Last question for me is what are you most excited about for this upcoming year of GCU Athletics? Oh, I think there's so much to be excited about. We have some great coaches that we have brought in and they are really moving forward. And even I, I would say our current coaches that we, we've had um, are really pushing and moving things forward. Recruit, everything looks different. Recruiting looks different. You know, they can't even recruit off campus till, till uh, January 1st. Um, our games are going to look different. Even coming back on a campus looks different. But um, there are a lot of challenges, but with the way we have always seen things at GCU, challenges are opportunities. So we have a lot of opportunity to really be creative, be solution-oriented, and to really to move our department forward. Uh, the other thing I'm really looking forward to is that we have really focused this year on the theme of togetherness. Um, our student athletes each year, uh, we have a shirt that we pick out that has a certain theme on it. Um, and one year it was win. This year, they were so great and just such leaders that they picked the theme together. Um, and this is a shirt that we've always worn as a department, and it's kind of separated us almost from everyone else. But they decided that they wanted to give the shirt to all these people around campus that are so important to the success of the athletics department. Our, our uh, student leaders, um, our Havoc leaders, cheer band dance, all these amazing people who are uh, so important to us. And so um, they gave those out, and we are really going to move forward together um, in unity. Um, and meet our goals together. There's so many things that could divide us right now, especially just physically. And um, so I really look forward to being an even stronger community despite um, the challenge, the pandemic and all these things that we're going through this year. I have one last question for you as well, Jamie. Uh, we talked a little bit about your new basketball coaches. You also have a new women's soccer coach who Rachel and I know, know very well, Chris Sissel. He was at Kansas City, uh, one of the great talkers in the WAC. I know Rachel had a chance to interview him many times during the the WAC tournaments, a guy that's uh, had a lot of success in the conference and in, and in coaching women's soccer. What, what was that, I guess, his, his big drawing points to you hiring him at GCU? Oh, there's so many things about Chris Sissel. You will, you will find it hard to find someone who does not like Chris Sissel. <laughs> uh, but there were a lot of things um, about him. Uh, he's obviously very experienced as a head coach, and he's a, he knows how to win. He won regular season championships um, in the WAC. He's also won Coach of the Year accolades. Um, and he's already put together a, a, a great team, brought in some impressive recruits. And just in a short time, he's built a really strong culture. He's a positive leader and a no excuses kind of guy. He will find a solution to anything, which I think is just so impressive about him. Uh, so he knows how to win and we have really high expectations for that program under his leadership. Uh, we wanna win conference championships and we also wanna make a really big impact at the national level. And we, we feel strongly that he's the right person to take us there. So yeah, we are so excited about Chris Sissel, um, just him as a person, but but also what he'll do for our, our women's soccer program. Yeah, when Rachel would interview him at halftime, usually you get one question. Sometimes it's that short, you know, Greg Popovich answer. <laughs> but to Rachel, it seemed like a couple times when you talked to him, I mean, he was given five-minute answers at halftime. Five-minute answers, full of energy, <laughs> ready to go into the second half already. I love talking to Chris Sissel every single time I get the opportunity to. He's so much passion, and he's the same on a daily basis. It's not just on an interview. It's any time. So, yeah, we love him, and uh, great things uh, for the women's soccer program. Well, Jamie, want to thank you for taking some time out. I know there's a lot going on, especially with uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen with basketball, uh, possibly fall sports in the spring, all that good stuff. So we really appreciate you taking some time out, and hopefully we'll be down in, in Phoenix before too long. We'd love to have you guys down here. We'd love to host you. And thank you guys. And thank you to everyone at the WAC. Um, everyone has been fantastic during this time. And uh, the service and just the effort that everyone at the conference has been putting in has been absolutely um, fantastic. So thank, thank you to all of you as well. 
All right, that is Jamie Boggs. Coming up next, we'll have Rachel's conversation with Tucker Bone, the former WAC Men's Soccer Player of the Year, who is uh, in the Air Force. You're listening to the WAC Podcast. Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner and Rachel V. Hill are here. And Rachel, you had a chance to talk with Tucker Bone, 2018 WAC Men's Soccer Player of the Year, but he's from the United States Air Force Academy. So a lot of times the student athletes there, they have a lot uh, bigger missions than playing professional sports. They do, but they also take the opportunity to enjoy that dream and be able to do it. They're granted three years, and with COVID, uh, Tucker's getting a little bit more time to continue that dream of being a professional soccer player. And then they move on to do what they actually join the military to do. And for Tucker, that's flying planes. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to like hop on and chat with us. We won't keep you too long. Hopefully you'll have time to like shower and do everything else. No, no worries. No worries. All good. <laughs> Let's talk about your time at the Air Force Academy real quick. What was one of your favorite mom- moments while you were there? Oh, wow. Um, that's, a, that's a good question. It's, uh, you know, graduation is, is definitely got to be that culminating event that is, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to take it all in stride. You know, it's just so many emotions at once with uh, family and friends all being there. And, when the, uh, the Thunderbirds fly over, but uh, to give you something soccer related, right? I think uh, it's it's got to be that win over Denver. I think in the NCAA tournament our senior year, um, going into that Indiana game, that was of course an unreal experience. It was a, it was a fun one, but happiest moment has to be beating Denver our senior year in that in that game right before the the Sweet Sixteen. So. I was actually lucky enough to be there and get to experience yeah. that win. What emotions came with that win for the entire team? Um, man, I mean, we, we went into that game knowing that we could beat them for sure. Um, we knew we were, uh, we were a good team, and we knew they were a very good team as well. Um, it was, uh, man, it's, it seems like a while ago now. It's crazy to kind of think back, but... Uh, no, that just being so happy at the end of that game and finally beating that opponent because, you know, we, we matched up with Denver a few times, but that was only in the spring or in the preseason. And uh, we had we had never beaten them before. Um, they were always a really tough opponent, especially when I was a freshman and sophomore. And to finally uh, to end my career with a victory over a very good opponent like Denver was pretty exciting and just very surreal, honestly. So. What is your military commitment looking like now that you're playing with Reno 1868 FC? Yeah, so uh, so I got into the uh, world class athlete program uh, after I graduated. So in May, uh, finished uh, finished my first season, the last half of the USL season with the Switchbacks, and uh, was looking for somewhat of a new challenge and uh, you know some somewhat of a relocation um, to kind of set new goals, get a new scene, and kind of refocus and. Uh, that's what Reno had to offer, uh, also, uh, as well as that opportunity to to go beyond and uh, possibly join the earthquakes. But um, it's uh, it's been about a year and a half now, and luckily the WCAP program counts as active duty service, and so technically I owe roughly three and a half years left, which comes to five. That's what you owe upon graduation, and then dependent on whether or not I go to pilot training, that could change. Uh, to a 10-year active duty service commitment. So it all depends. 
as long as you're playing, how I guess how long does that program last? Could it possibly yeah. last the three and a half years? It cannot, unfortunately. So it's a program designed to get the uh, the athletes in the Air Force to the Olympics and to give them a two year period prior to the Olympics to train uh, to get them ready. And uh, of course, those ones that are eligible and uh, have the potential, right? And so I was lucky enough to get into this program, and um, it's been it's been really fun. So I'm coming up here. Uh, due to the the whole COVID pandemic, they've pushed the Summer Olympics back to next year, and so that allowed us a little bit of an extra time. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I'm still trying to keep options on the table and figure everything out, but I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping it it will, and you know, just just staying hopeful. And yeah, you mentioned some of the goals with relocating to Reno. What are those goals? Um, it was to be uh, it was just to be that that presence on the field. Um, that presence that I had in college, at least my last two years. And I think there was a big distinction for me personally between my first two years and second two years of college. And those last two years, I had much more of an impact. And um, I wanted everything that came with that. I wanted the, you know, the responsibility, the uh, um, just the, the excitement of being that player again. And I think, uh, I think since coming to Reno, it's taken me a little bit of a, um, it's, it's been a new mental challenge for sure. But, uh, you know, these, this past month has been going very well for us as a team and me personally. And so I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to kind of be fulfilling that again. What's been the biggest adjustment that you've had to make in Reno? Um, man, that's a good question. The biggest adjustment, the, um, the system that we're playing is, uh, is the same system as the San Jose earthquakes. And, uh, that's, uh, that system is uh it's defensively it's not defensively focused but what they do is, is they uh do sort of a man-to-man defense kind of similar to what we did at air force but it's uh at this level obviously things are much faster paced and so it's uh it's been a little bit more of an adjustment so i'd say probably the mental piece of that always staying engaged and whatnot four goals that you've had out there in reno what was your favorite one? Oh wow that's a good one um Probably the one against San Diego Loyal. Um, it was it was just an un, it was an unusual goal, something I don't think I've ever scored before. It was a very unique situation, but uh, to break that down for you, I'm not sure who who watched that. But uh, right, we go in, we go down to San Diego in a away game against a uh, a new new club, but uh, a very good opponent. Very uh, some some players on their team that had notorious MLS careers, and of course their head coach Landon Donovan. And so it was a uh, it was a it was a fun game. I uh, uh, notched an assist early in the game and put us up one zero. And then I believe it was the second goal, yeah, that I scored. So the keeper came out, failed to to clear it, came right to me, and I was about uh, thirty five out from goal and just kind of not really chipped it, but just passed it in past uh, past the goalie and over one of the defenders' heads. So it was an unusual one. It was it was like inches from hitting the post too and coming out. So it was. It was a thriller. <laughs> I saw the highlight of that one there, Tucker. Yeah. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. If, you know, soccer ends and you pilot ends, you have a, a chance to be a sports broadcaster. That's just my personal opinion, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I gave you a good breakdown the, there, huh? <laughs> you did. It was, a, it was a solid one. But you mentioned uh, becoming a pilot. Is that still on your radar? Is that something that you're really thinking about doing? Yeah, absolutely. So that was um, 
that that was the uh, the job that I had received my senior year uh, before graduating. So I knew I got a pilot slot. I knew that I would eventually be going to pilot training. Um, however, the the WCAP program is sort of a temporary temporary job essentially, and so until until this my time in this program is up, I will um, I will eventually go to to pilot training and kind of enter that pipeline. So it's definitely still on the radar. I have had a lot of uh, influence my whole life from my dad, who was a pilot in the Air Force, same with my uncle. And so it's something that interests me for sure. Yeah. How many cadets in each class are able to go on to do that pilot training? It's going to change every year. Um, so it's, it's going to be dependent on the needs of the Air Force, essentially. Um, and since there's been a, a lack of uh, pilots, a pilot shortage is what they call it, they have been upping the amount of slots. So I think my year, we ended up graduating like 990 cadets in the in May. And then there's a few, like uh, 10 to 15 or so that uh, graduate late. But out of those 900, let's say 1,000 cadets, I think we had about 500 or 550 right around there that, had, that we had pilot slots for. And that's including um, all the uh, pilots uh, like – as you would picture a pilot, and then also the RPA pilots, so like the drone pilots and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Very nice, Tucker. That, well, that's exciting yeah. as well. Yeah. Very nice. Well, yeah. thanks for hopping on, and I'm sure you probably are like, okay, I want to go home now after training. So thank you so <laughs> much, though. We appreciate it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure. Good to see you again. Rachel, great job with Tucker on that interview. Uh, uh, he's a guy that uh, we've talked to many times over the years. Uh, always fun to talk to and uh, has an interesting perspective on life there, doesn't he? He does have a very interesting perspective on life, and he's a great soccer player and an even better person. We love talking with him every time we get an opportunity to. want to thank uh, Tucker for joining us on the show, as well as Jamie Boggs from Grand Canyon University. And we want to thank you for listening to the WAC Podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.